Thanks, Isaac. That's really kind. Legend is um, the big word. I don't know if it's for the wrong... <laughs> we'll see <laughs> if it's true. Um, okay, can we, can we just pray and then, um, and then we'll, we'll crack on. So I um, just love worshipping this morning, didn't you? Just, I don't want to stop, to be honest. So um, let's just carry on. Um, so Jesus, I'd, I just thank you because we love you and we're amazed by you. We adore you. So grateful for you. So grateful for all that you do. So grateful for all that you've given us. Thank you for being right with God. Thank you for giving us holiness. Thank you for giving us a clean sheet. Thank you for your mercy, your forgiveness, all your wonderful goodness that you haven't held back. Not one drop, not one iota has been held back from us. Thank you that it's all for the taking. Thank you we can run right and grab every bit of it. Thank you, that's your will, your purpose, your plan for us is to live in the fullness of everything that is, is that's yours. Goodness, this is available for us. And we just thank you, Jesus. We are overwhelmed by your kindness, your love, everything of you. We, we just thank you. We applaud you. We just say, you're amazing. You're amazing, Jesus. Um, amen. Amen. Should we, should we clap him? He's He's good. He's good, isn't he? Um, Happy days. Right, no more popping. Um, Okay. Thanks, Dan. Dan is the man. Okay, so... uh, does anyone want to take a punt and tell me about this picture? Uh, like, what does it represent, maybe? Who painted it? Close. Really close. Oh. I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you so it's a transfiguration moment, as depicted by Raphael. I knew you're a cultured bunch. John is the leader of the pack with Michelangelo. And, and the good thing about Michelangelo is he was also a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, just like Raphael. Uh, and if you're really cultured, you'll know what colour eye mask he wore. Yes, Rachel Blow. Woo-hoo. Come on, you lot are good. Um, this is good. We've got such a random bunch of people in the room, isn't it? <laughs> Which makes me think, which leads me on nicely, in fact, to Jesus. Because he had a random bunch of people with him, did he not? Like, so you look at the stories in the Gospels, his disciples, crikey, what a bunch. Do you know what I mean? Um, so there were no turtles, none of them wore eye masks, as far as we know. But, you know, you look at who they were. So you've got, you've got kind of, uh, well, you've got fishermen, for starters, haven't you? Bit rough and ready. Uh, you're going to speak it like it is, worked hard, salt of the earth kind of guys. You've got a more professional type, well, a tax collector. You know, that, I, I see that's a bit like a shady banker in today's society, maybe, or an iffy accountant, maybe. Um, uh, who else have you got? Well, you've got the other guy who looked after money, but he looked after it more for himself. He was a thief, wasn't he? So um, you've got all sorts in that bunch of people that Jesus has handpicked. He'd handpicked them, he called each one by name, said, come with me. And he took them on a mission over a few years, and it was like this crash course of, do you know what, this is what I want to show you about me, who I am, who you are, and how I want you to live your life. And um, 
And it, and it was very condensed. So in three years, he showed them all manner of crazy stuff that we now get the good of. Uh, we can sort of step back and, and learn from it over many years, which is kind of, it's a bit of a cheat in a way. They were in at the deep end, and we get to sort of read it in the Bible, analyze it, and learn from it slowly as, as God shows us stuff, which is kind of nice, really, isn't it? So I kind of think living then in the moment with Jesus would have been wow, but blimey, would it have been a, wouldn't it have to been a white knuckle ride? Don't you think? You know, some of those things. I mean, it'd be, um, so we're going to look at a story this morning. Uh, where there's this transfiguration moment. So it's in Matthew 17, if you wanted to read along. Just, we're going to look at verses 1 to 5. And um, so there's this pow, pow, wow kind of revelation moment. And, and I'll read it out for us. And um, it says this, uh, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. So it's quite a personal moment. It was just a, just a few of them. It wasn't everybody. It was a personal moment. And he wanted to show them something. And um, there, he was transfigured before them. I've got no context, any other context, to use the word transfigured. I, I, I can't imagine using it in any other scenario. I don't really know what it means, other than something a bit like this happened. It says, it says this, it describes this. Uh, it says, there he was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. I mean, just that in itself, I mean, that's mental. Have you ever, ever experienced anything like that? You know, you go for a walk, go, go up the Mulvans, and someone you're with, whose idea it was, let's, you know, let's go up for a walk, suddenly that happens to them. It doesn't happen, does it? I mean, <laughs> crikey. Um, and then, just to cap it off, just then there appeared with them Moses and Elijah. How they knew it was Moses and Elijah, I don't know if they had name tags or what, but they were Moses and Elijah and they knew it, and, um, which is probably these guys on either side. Um, while he was, oh, sorry, Peter then says to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Peter's loving it. You know, he's just a nutter, isn't he? He's just like, oh, yes, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. Listen to him. So I'm going to unpack a few things from, from these verses that I'm hoping might be helpful for us and uh, at least stir up some conversation. And, and we're going to have communion at the end and we can pray for one another. And, and uh, I'm really expecting God to speak to several of us today, um, several of us. So first thing that I'm going to just throw out thoughts, the things that this makes me think. And if, if you identify with any of these, great, all well and good. Um, so the first thing, it, it was one event on that journey, and uh, so we're looking at their response. So Peter's response, I think, is just outstanding in, in some respects. He's just like, yes, this is amazing. Let's stay here. God, I'll set up a shelter. We can stay here for ages. It's brilliant, Jesus. 
this thing you've shown us, who you are, this is more of, it's just incredible. And, um, and, and I think that's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Like Peter's passionate response to seeing something of Jesus' divinity. You know, if you go back a couple of chapters, it's, he's already had a bit of a moment where he's said, oh, you're the son of God. I know who you are. And it's like Jesus is giving him an extra detail. Yeah, and this is what the son of God can look like. Uh, and, and Peter's absolutely loving it. Um, and I think we can take from that. Do you know, there, there are moments where we can have experience in life uh, and God might show us something, might be personal moments, they might not be a wow in the sky, but there can be intimate moments with God when he does something in our hearts that are really important. They're really powerful and we're to embrace them. We're we're to embrace them and and in fact more than that, I'd say we're to seek them out and to pursue him. But at the same time, there's a flip side of that in, in Peter's response with the let us stay here. And, and that's some of what I want to talk about this morning. Because I, um, his response, it's really good for us to stay here. Let's stay here. And I'd, I'd like to make some suggestions about that. It's not written in the text, so please shoot me down after if you like. But I'd like to make some suggestions about Peter's response. Because, um, you know, the encounter is brilliant. It is really good, and, and if we don't have enough encounters with Jesus, do you know what? It, we can be all mission, no encounter, we'll burn out, we'll drop dead. Um, you know, Peter's excitement is great, he can't contain himself, it is an exciting moment. But do you know what, I recognise some of these things in myself when I read this. And these, are, these are some of my I wonders. I kind of think he forgot, he forgot a few things, and, and was possibly a bit fearful. Because if you read in the, the preceding couple of chapters, in fact, the, directly before it, Jesus is talking about, do you know what, if you want to follow me, take up your own cross. And, and whoever wants his life, you're going to have to give it up. It's pretty stark kind of mission instructions from Jesus. He's saying, do you know what, if you want to be a follower of mine, be prepared to give it all up. Every last drop. Your life. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And and I, and I kind of wonder for a minute, I know it says six days later, but I kind of wonder for a minute, has, um, has Peter sort of slightly forgotten what Jesus was saying when he's talking about the cross? Had, it, had he kind of, he's got wrapped up in this wonderful moment, yeah, let's stay here. And I can't blame him, but sometimes can we be a bit like that too? We can have these wonderful moments and, oh, it's a fantastic time in worship. Or, you know, it was a great meeting and I met with God. And, and sometimes we can live on those moments for weeks and months on end. And they can be good. They're important. They can be landmarks. This, you know, they can be landmarks moment, moments. But I think what's important to, to note is they are landmarks on a journey. And they're not the place to stay in. And, and Jesus' journey, where he wanted to take them, was somewhere else. Um, I, I wonder also about these disciples because... Um, this might be stretching it a bit. But I wonder if there's a little bit of fakery going on. You might have noticed there's a lot of F words going on here. So I'm sorry, these are F words for church. I don't want to cause offence. But, but if anyone farted, it would have been Peter. Um, I wonder... I'm sorry. I just couldn't help it. I wonder if there's a little bit of fakery going on. So you look at these disciples, and um, this is before they've been filled with the Spirit. 
So in one sense, I, I, you know, there's, there's no sense of assurance of sonship and identity other than they were with Jesus. I'm not knocking that. That's an amazing thing. They were with Jesus. He called them personally to him. And so they're under that kind of covering of being with him. But we also know about those disciples. There was a lot of bickering going on, a fair bit of argy-bargy and jostling for position. There's quite a bit of insecurity among them, even while close to Jesus. They weren't very sure of themselves. And, um, and, and I, I wonder sometimes about myself. I wonder about us. Can we be like that, coming before God? What, what, what is it that we cover up? Even in a holy, amazing moment, what is it that actually we want to hold back in our own hearts, that we want to keep to ourselves and from other people and from God even, um, rather than be truly vulnerable? And here I am, um, just throwing it out there. Thirdly, the third F, I wonder about familiarity again. And, and, and I, I, I wonder about sometimes, you know, like Peter's response, let's stay here. This is great. He'd seen some amazing things. He'd seen Jesus do incredible things, outstanding, amazing miracles. Uh, just know, you know, the truth that he spoke, his wisdom, the life that he gave. And, and I wonder if there's a degree of familiarity sometimes in those moments of, again, you know, it's an amazing moment with God. And we can almost become blasé um, and just move on to the next thing without giving it the credit that it deserves. So we have encounters with God. And some of us might even feel like, oh, I'm still waiting for my encounter with God. Would you, I, I'd suggest if you, if you even begin to know Jesus in this room, you've already had one because that doesn't come all by itself. That's a, that is revelation from the throne room. The fact that you can even begin to assent that there is a Jesus who is a God. And, and so even, you might feel like that's what I've got and it's not the same as someone else's. No, 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 no. That is divine revelation from God if you know Jesus. And, and, and there's more for you because sure as eggs is eggs, Jesus is taking all of us on a journey. And so as he builds from one, it'll take you to another place. And ultimately, because he wants us to be fruitful, is the good Fs. It's the good Fs. He wants us to be fruitful. And, and that really begins when we trust Jesus for a bigger, fuller picture that's bigger and fuller than just the moment we're in right now. So we can get caught up in the moment. I do this. I can get caught right up into what's God saying now or what, you know, what's happened recently. But actually, Jesus wants to enable us to step back, look at a bigger, broader picture that's not just about us and what's going on in our little sphere and realm and our relationships. He wants to show us something much bigger. Um, his purpose, in fact, is to take us from these revelation moments, if you like, whether it's I, I believe there's a God to, or to some other deeper personal intimate things that God might be speaking to you or showing you, or some real powwow, something in the sky, can be any and all of those. Um, Jesus actually wants us to use those things to take us to the cross. It's always been about the cross. You look at Jesus' purpose and mission, that's what he came for. And that's where he wants to take us to too. We can never, ever, ever lose sight of that. We can have the most wonderful, amazing moments, but if we're not being real at the foot of the cross, it means nothing. It means nothing because that's where we need to be. We need to keep coming back to the cross. 
and deal with our forgetfulness, our familiarity, our fakery, whatever it is for you. And, and because we'll pick them up again, sure as eggs is eggs, because there's flesh at work in us. Guaranteed, all our lives, we're going to have the flesh at work in us, warring with us. But do you know what? We can trust Jesus and, and leave it there and put it down there. Because when Jesus died on the cross, so did our sin. And it's dead there, and the power of it is dead there. I find it interesting because, you know, at the cross, we're reminded in, in, in 2 Corinthians 3, um, when we come to Jesus at the cross, we inherit a whole new identity as our sin is left behind. And um, if you've never been there, I suggest you get there. Ask for some help. How do I get to Jesus? Because it will change your life forever. And that, and that forever is forever. Um, 2 Corinthians 3 um, talks about, uh, well, let me, let me find my place here. The ministry... It says this, it says, now for ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone. We're talking about the law. Do you know what? And even that was glorious. It pointed us to our need of a saviour. There wasn't anything wrong in the law, but we just couldn't fulfil it. Okay? But it says there, it says, it came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses. He was the one who received it. He got the Ten Commandments. He had the tablets. So the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. This is the important bit, fading though it was. Do you know what? Moses carried a fading glory. And interesting, in that picture of the transfiguration, the story you get, Moses is there. I find it very interesting because Jesus is saying, now let's not get hung up on, on these moments. Let's not get hung up on what you've known so far because I want to take you to the cross where there's an unsurpassing glory. It's an unrivaled, pure, blemish-free glory of righteousness, which is for you to take hold of. And Jesus is saying, do you know what? I want you to take hold of that righteousness and shine with that light. Not a fading glory, not the glory of the law that's going to fade away. Yeah, that was okay, but no, Jesus wants to take us to the cross where we know him and receive fullness from him. That we can receive fullness in our identity as beloved, forgiven totally blemish-free before God, and how, who by, by him, from nothing at all from ourselves, there's no way we can attain that. Total free gift of righteousness, being right with God for free. Uh, amazing. That's where Jesus wants to take us and keep reminding us of that place. Sorry. But then, the cross is good. But do, we know the story of the Gospels, don't we? It didn't end there. He died. He rose again. Sin couldn't keep him, but also then he wants to take, he took the disciples to a place called Pentecost. We know like the Pentecost story. And, and Jesus had um, kind of like, like the beginning of Acts. It tells us about, uh, you know, he, he's saying, wait here. Wait for the Holy Spirit. So they've encountered the cross. They've known something of the glory of God. They've known some amazing moments, but he's saying, wait, 
because you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, to the ends of the earth. So do you know what Jesus wants to take us from? Wow, revelation. He wants to speak to us. Yeah, that's true. But it's a landmark because he wants to take us to the cross. He wants us to know who we really are. He wants us to deal with our Fs, our forgottens, our fears, our familiarities, our sin. He wants us to know who we really are so that when we're filled with the Spirit, we can take and carry that unfading light to the ends of the earth. Um, I get excited about this because Jesus' mission, it wasn't just for the moment, as important as it was. It was for the ends of the earth. And what he carries, what he carried at the cross when he rose again, is for us to carry too because the Bible teaches us we are now in him. We are part of what he is part of. So if we're part of his mission, this is his mission. It's the ends of the earth. It's not just here and I'm going to just get this goodness for me. No, it's for the ends of the earth. And I know there's a time, there's a time, there, is, there are times to stop. You know, I know life takes us on ups and downs and there are times for us to, you know, we can get battered bruised. We need to stop and recharge. We need to be restored again at times. And there is a place for resting. But that's in a context of a bigger journey. The mission is for the ends of the earth. And you know, and so I, I, I'm pinching this blatantly from a talk I listened to recently, but I just thought it, it was a great line. And he said, do, do you know, if, you, if any of us, if we want to know more of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, do you know what, we need to get out of our comfort zones because we don't need a comforter when we're comfortable already. And he's the comforter. So, in, you know, you want to know more of the Holy Spirit, get out of where you're comfortable. I, I say this to myself because it's tough, isn't it? This is a challenge. It's a challenge to me. I know we're all wired up differently. It's not just for the extroverts, but we've all got light to carry. We all have glory to carry. We all have an identity to demonstrate to the world around us in whatever way is for you. So, a so what's, if you like, is, um, and these are so what's for myself, because I, I just, I haven't got all this. I, I, I'm learning this, and I want to I wanna grow in this. This is really provocative to me. I, 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 you know, I really challenge, challenge myself on this. And, and so one thing, I can look back on my life and I can think in, you know, in terms of my uh, Christian life. And I've known several wow moments. I've, I've known several times where it's been personal for me. I've, I've, I've known moments of preaching on pub tables to a pub garden. Um, I'm not sure which spirit I was under the influence of. If I'm honest, it was a long time ago. But, but at the same time... You know, I've got lots of stories like that, and I'm sure we go around the room, many of us will have stories of, I remember this, and they're really good. But, but do you know what? The challenge for me is I, I don't want to live on yesterday's stories anymore. I'm done with yesterday's stories. I was really chuffed today. We should be talking about stories, and, 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 and you guys, you're moving on for a new chapter, a new story. And, and I'm thinking this morning, do you know what? God's got new stories all the time unfolding. I think that this, today, this morning, God's got new stories that he wants to write in us today if we're willing and we're open. So God, write on my heart. What is it for me? I'm open. And that's all he's looking for is our response. Is your heart open and willing? Because God's got a story to write. And what could it be? It could be mental. Absol- you know, who, the sky is the limit. So I'll tell you this, God's got a new story for you today, but it requires a response and an action for me. And I remember how Jim used to talk about going to the football on Sunday nights and how he used to like scoring a goal. But the reality was, 
if he wanted to score a goal, he had to go and, go, go and get in the game. Uh, and, and similarly for us. So, you know, we, 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 we want to know the excitement, the thrill. We want to know more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's go and get in the game, folks. Let's go and get in the game. Um, so, I'm going to wrap up there. I don't know if that's long, short, somewhere in the middle. Um, some of us have been praying for some prophetic words for this morning. And, um, and others of us, I know we've got prophetic people in the room. Beyond that, I know the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit talks to all of us in all manner of ways. And, and um, we're going to have communion. Um, I'd love to pray for some, some of you. If you feel especially like, do you know what, God's spurring me on. To, I just need to come back to the cross. This is a morning for you to do that. Let's do that as we come to communion. Let's come back to the cross and be real with our loving Father. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and just make that moment, make that moment real. Um, you want to be filled for the next step in your journey. You want to know more of the Holy Spirit in your life. We'd love to pray for you. Um, there'll be some of us here at the front uh, who'll be ready to pray for you. You want to go. If you feel like I've got a nap, Nick's... What's, what's, the, what's the new story for me, God? What's, what's the chapter that's yet to unfold in my life? Again, do you know what? I feel God wants to speak to you this morning and, uh, and add some clarity and some oomph, oomph to that, and we'd love to pray for you in that. So um, I'm hoping, is that okay? Are we clear with that? Happy to crack on? I'm going to hand over to Isaac then, and um, 